0: Hello everyone, I'm your host Ryan Maison, Program Manager with Career Services in Daytona Beach. Thanks for tuning in to Going Places and our summer series of Fireside Chats. We are here in the Career Services office, located in the heart of Riddle's Daytona Beach campus. For this episode, we will explore elevator speeches, best practices, common questions, where to use them, and more. Joining us from the Department of Communication and Humanities is none other than Dr. Sally Blomstrom, Chair and Professor of the Department. Sally, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about your work with elevator speeches.
1: Hi, Ryan, and thank you very much for having me on the program. I appreciate this. And I'm really excited about our students. Mm -hmm. And I know the importance of them having effective elevator speeches when they go to the career fair, but also in other situations. I try to teach my students different options for elevator speeches, whether we're in a speech class or whether we're in technical communication. Both of those require communication competency. And as you and I have talked about before, employers are looking for competency in our students' communication skills. So we try to practice these and talk about different settings and where, where they can use them and how they can develop them and modify them.
0: Perfect. And so with elevator speeches, let's just start here. What is an elevator speech and why are they important?
1: What I always heard was that an elevator speech was a speech that you could give if you met an executive in an elevator yeah. and you delivered the message between wherever the two of you got on and you got off the elevator and the other person did. So generally, it's about a 30 second speech. It could probably go up to 40, 45 seconds, but it would unlikely be longer than that. Mm-hmm. In the speech, the person wants to state their name, state their interest. In the case of our career fair, people would be stating their majors when they're going to graduate, Uh, their interest certainly in the company that they're talking with the representative from, and possibly a position that they would would like to pursue. They would also be likely to say something about themselves that would help them stand out from other people that that recruiter might be talking with over the course of the day here and the days before and following.
0: Right. Yeah, I can think of all the conversations, not only me, but the rest of the career services office. When we have conversations about elevator speeches with with students and anyone for that matter, um, it really comes down to the importance we hear about first impressions. That's really where you establish that first impression. and, And that's why you use them at professional events such as a career fair or expo like the one we have every fall and spring. Um, I also see them utilized in even more informal settings, uh, such as a mixer, Uh, a mixer, maybe before a big group interview, stuff like that. Um, A lot of employers host events like that. So um, hopefully, and especially towards the end of this recording, people realize that you can have an elevator speech as a tool, but you can use it in multiple ways, shorter, longer, more informal, more formal. Yes. Um, and, and so that, that that's really the most important pieces of it, I think, in the rest of career services office. And, and one other thing that we have been hearing more of, because uh, I don't know if anyone listening has heard more of it, but the career competencies, the competencies that have been established by NACE, which is the National Association of Colleges and Employers. Basically, um, the employers of that association, were surveyed and they really decided what the most important competencies or in other words the most important soft skills are for students coming into the job force. So um, elevator speech they, they really uh, apply to some of the biggest of the three competencies. That includes career preparation. It's a big part of your career preparation to have an elevator speech, um, but also professionalism and communication. So again, you'll hear more about competencies. Just wanted to plug it quickly there because it is important. And at the end of the day, it's important because employers deemed those soft skills important. So um, really, if we're thinking about the first steps of an elevator speech, though, and and how us as pro staff and faculty help the students, they, they often ask, how do I prepare and practice delivering an effective elevator speech? Sally, what's your first step when you're helping a student prepare for that?
1: I generally give them a couple of different examples of scripts. And content that they might want to include. In short, I tell them that this is a movie trailer and the movie is you and the trailer introduces the listener to who you are and where you're going. So different people have different preferences for how they want to structure this 30-second speech. But it's definitely selling themselves. So as long as they have the basic elements, Mm -hmm. I think that they'll be meeting the the listeners' expectations. And then if they are well-prepared and can offer something that, again, helps them stand apart, helps them be unique in the listeners' eyes, that's a plus. Basically what they want to do is get... The, the standard information out about their name, their major, when they're going to graduate, what they're looking to do, um, which aspect or or department within the organization they'd be interested in working in. Those kinds of things need to come across. And then the person, most importantly, needs to come across as authentic. Yeah. And I think the way to come across as authentic is to be prepared. So. I start with them developing their script Mm. and they can pick any one of the samples that I have available. I'd be happy to share those with you as a resource. Once they have down the basic writing, then I ask them to to say it out loud. Mm. I know for me personally, I can write something down and then when I go to speak it, sometimes there are, the words just don't go together as well when spoken, as they do on paper. Mm -hmm. So I ask them to practice it. Practice it with different people. Mm -hmm. Make some modifications so that they're comfortable with the message. And that way, when they're in front of someone, they can be engaging the person,
0: Mm.
1: not just performing a 30-second speech. Because to call it a speech is a little bit inaccurate. That makes it sound as though it is a performance. And in this case, it needs to be a communication tool. Mm. So it's about connecting with the listener and modifying the message enough to be meaningful to the person who's hearing it.
0: That's great. Yeah. And and that really mirrors a lot of what career services talks about with students. So I'm glad we're on the same page there, um, especially when it comes to that extra step beyond writing it to prepare. Writing it is important to start. But if anything, we encourage students more to get away from that script that you use as a guide. Because again, you use it as a start, use it as a guide. Yeah. But from there, it should really be tailored from there. You should just use those as building blocks. It should not be gospel it should not be word for word what you use for every single employer and i think a lot of elevator speakers they are afraid to take that extra step for whatever reason but hopefully this is encouragement to get them to take that extra step and more Um, but but even beyond that with the end of an elevator speech right we, we talk about not only being unique being authentic Uh, But being memorable, with the end of an elevator speech, so many elevator speakers simply want to end with a statement, whereas I always try to encourage them to end with a question. What I How I phrase it is, give the employer or whoever you're delivering the speech to, give them something to work with. And when you're at a big event, such as our Career Expo, Mm -hmm. one pro tip at that event is to listen to how the conversations are going ahead of you. Uh, We've talked about this in many workshops, and we're not telling anyone to be be a little creepy right but you can easily hear since it could be close quarters the question that these students have at the at the end of their elevator speech maybe it's about internship and you're like oh man i wanted to ask internship type questions but maybe just save that question for another time maybe you can save that for later or maybe you got the answer to your question from hearing someone else's question but believe me recruiters truly appreciate when you're not only memorable, but you're able to ask a different, more thoughtful question. And that's why it's beneficial a lot of the time to to listen. So uh, I do encourage you to do that. Um, How do you feel about that, Sally? Would you say that's a good idea?
1: Yes, and here's why. Because now you're talking about communicating. Mm. And the focus in what you just said was, oriented toward effective communication, mm-hmm. not on delivering a one-way linear message.
0: <laughs> yes, that's so important.
1: So the idea of asking a question at the end, mm-hmm. that's that's engaging the listener. That's mm-hmm. taking part in conversation, and mm-hmm. I think that's a really good idea.
0: I appreciate that. Yeah, we, we think it is. Um, and I'm glad you've mentioned before about the main elements. I think a lot of speakers, elevator speech writers, they're looking for the details, the word for word, whereas I can't reiterate enough, like it is about the elements. The elements should guide you, give you talking points, not necessarily give you that script. And, and uh, like you said, you have resources, Career Services has resources, I'm glad we can share them. And it's good for any listener to know that you are more than uh, free to just come by, grab a resource, talk to a program manager or other staff member about it, we're happy to do so. And you'll even hear some of those elements now. So, Sally, if, if you could, um, um, let's try to role play. I'll be the student in the situation. You could be the employer. Uh, we could practice doing an elevator speech and just see how it goes. How do you feel about that?
1: Sounds great.
0: righty. So let's go for it. So uh, hello. My name is Ryan.
1: Nice to meet you, Ryan. Tell me a little bit about yourself.
0: Thank you. Well, it's nice to meet you. Uh, so again, my name is Ryan. I'm an uh, AE major. Oh, uh, that, that stands for aerospace engineering, sorry. Um, I'm I'm a junior, and I'm graduating soon. Um, let's see here. That's going to be May 2019, it looks like. And uh, I'm really just looking for internships. Uh, do you have any internships available?
1: Okay. So based on what we just said, let me ask you sure. how you feel you did in that elevator speech.
0: Yeah, so uh, I feel like it could have been a little longer, maybe yes. a little bit more Detail. Am I right on those so far? Correct. Okay. And um, I mean, it's. I guess I don't really want to share so much detail that they get bored. But was there anything else that I could have mentioned that would be helpful?
1: Okay, so I'm just gonna break this down. Sure. I didn't feel that in that response. This is why it's so good to role play. Yeah. That you were really prepared. Mm. It seemed as though you were drawing from the back of your mind recall of things that you needed to say. Major, I'm AE. Oh, well, that's aerospace engineering. Mm. And I'm a junior, so I'm going to graduate. That'll that'll be soon. Um, I think you said May 2019. Right. So you want to have those elements at the ready. That's different than having them memorized. Mm. You want to have them more natural. You want to be thinking about... What is the employer interested in? The employer wants to know what's your major. Yeah. The employer wants to know when you're available. Okay, so and for many of our employers, and and I'll throw this question back to you in your role. I thought that for many of the employers who come to our career fairs that those internship deadlines had already passed. Yeah. So that wouldn't necessarily be an appropriate question for everyone. Mm. So I, I like what you said. It could be longer. And sure. uh, this is really fun to role play because I yeah. think that that's not unusual for what an employer might hear.
0: Right. I, and I'm so glad we're role playing it now. Um, <laughs> you know, writing it down, it sounded like one thing. But once I say it out loud, it's uh, so much more constructive to hear it because I hate to say it like this, but I'm a lot worse than I thought I was. So uh, <laughs> do you do you mind if I try again? Let me take a few notes I think that's here. that's a
1: great idea. Awesome.
0: Let me finish up my notes. Okay. So uh, again, hello, my name is Ron.
1: Hi Ryan, I'm Sally Blumstrom. It's very nice to meet you. Tell me a little bit about yourself.
0: Thanks, Ms. Blumstrom. Uh, It's a pleasure to meet you, too. So, I'm really happy to see that Boeing is attending the Career Expo this year. I've been following Boeing for a long time and even saw that y'all had signed a major deal with the Air Force, so congratulations on that. Um, To reiterate, I'm a junior in the aerospace engineering program at Embry-Riddle. I plan to graduate in May 2019, and as an aerospace engineering student, I'm interested in the work that Boeing's doing on the propulsion project. I've recently been working on a similar project in my propulsion class where we even sent a rocket to the moon. So. Uh, I applied to uh, the summer internship program online uh, for propulsion, actually, and, and wondered if you could look at my resume and then speak to me more about this opportunity. Much better. Thank you. Thank you. Okay.
1: Now, on uh, this one, um, I'm not really sure that you sent a rocket to the moon in your propulsion That's class.
0: That's true. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just had to use an example there, but I guess I should be more, more honest and perhaps use more realistic specifics.
1: Always a good idea to have realistic specifics because someone may come back and ask you about them. Um, I think in the example that you just used, it came across a little bit as scripted. Mm -hmm. And you and I have talked about some of the, in the past, some of the do's and don'ts about elevator speeches, where in this particular speech, you had the content, your name, your major, when you were going to graduate, the company, you knew something about the company, you had something very specific from your own background that related to what you were interested in. Mm-hmm. When I said that you sounded a little scripted, what I meant by that was you didn't come across as enthusiastic uh, as I believe gotcha. you really are. Gotcha. And when people sound scripted, it constricts probably their... Breathing somewhat and how they come across. Mm -hmm. And somebody wants to know, you really want to work at Boeing. Yeah. They want to know that this is where you want to be.
0: Yeah. I appreciate that. And you're right. Like, even in this role play, in this, you know, mock situation, it does get nerve wracking. But I got to admit, even the second time was less nerve-wracking for me so that's definitely something i'll work on um let alone the the script if you will so i can learn to what it seems like is a good idea to even like tailor it or make it flexible so i can tailor it to not only boeing in this case but other companies Um, but but yeah i'll I'll continue to work on it but thanks a lot for giving me that feedback so now now that makes me think about something With, with all that being said you keep giving me critiques I can definitely share some of the general feedback that employers share with us as a career services office. And Sally, I know we've talked about in the past, but um, just to start off, that first impression that we've already talked about, that's pretty much in every piece of feedback that the employers have given us. Uh, For instance, I had one employer tell me like, hey, I don't know if you tell students this, but they need to know that this is their first impression with us. And I think it's because this recruiter had a bad situation happen, but I assured him, I'm like, yes. that's definitely something we try to encourage students to realize like this elevator speech is a big first impression um you know that other things the employer say is that this is where candidates stick out the most i've even had hiring managers such as ones from constant aviation down the road here tell me elevator speeches are where they hope they can get a true sense of a candidate's authentic self which i think is true i think with a recruiter um That's their first glimpse into that window of this person's life. So hopefully that student, that elevator speaker is being their authentic true self like we've talked about. And uh, one piece of information that I feel like a lot of students and expo attendees don't realize is that big companies like a Lockheed Martin or Boeing, they always tell our office that uh, a student speech needs to be unique at those big events because they're easily talking to close to a thousand students. And you think I'm just exaggerating with that number, but we had you know almost double that at our latest career expo. Uh, so I don't know if you've heard others' uh, feedback, Sally, from, from employers. But that, that's probably the, the biggest talking points that our employers have after the expo about the elevator speeches. What do you think about that?
1: I really agree with you, Ryan, because I think several recruiters who come here, many of them are going to other institutions mm-hmm. that same week. So it isn't just the thousand that day. Oh, yeah. It's the ones that they hear that entire week. Really so good So that's not to put pressure on students. It's to say, this is your opportunity. And when students walk over to the career fair, and I've seen many people, and they're dressed appropriately, they have sharp looking um, suits on, or, or whatever their attire is, they've obviously spent time and attention on that. And so they want that first impression mm. to be consistent with their appearance. Mm. They want to come across as confident, as trustworthy, mm. as, as professional prepared.
0: Yeah. I, I really appreciate that. It's that's, that's so true. And I can think that as far as – the only other thing that I can think of employers really sharing is mistakes to avoid. Uh, um, please. Yeah. I mean th- there are so many good ones out there that maybe I've already touched on a few. But we've easily heard about uh, basically avoiding to be too scripted or robotic. So like I've already said, try to tailor it to each company and be yourself. Uh, besides that, besides what we've already said though, what other mistakes should elevator speakers avoid?
1: What I think people want to avoid is to sound like many other people. Mm. So while we talk about you want to sound unique, the opportunity to to that is you have this opportunity, you have this moment when you deliver your elevator speech to be truly in the moment and show someone who you are and what you're capable of. You're the only person who can control that moment. You're the person who can create in the listener's mind the impression that you want them to have. Mm. And by not being prepared, you miss that opportunity. So I think the common mistake is people miss this opportunity by being robotic, being too scripted, not being in the moment, thinking about something else. Those things are distractions that prevent a connection.
0: Yeah. And when I talk to students, I get it. You know, sometimes, especially when you're first starting this game, getting a job, getting an internship and starting the elevator speech for that matter. It does take bravery. But I I tell a lot of students too, you know, I promise it'll be worth it. And just like anything else, the more comfortable, the more you practice, it'll get easier. Um, so so hopefully that's encouragement to any listeners out there too. Uh, so Sally, one last question. Let's say a student is about to walk onto the floor of an event like Expo where they will utilize their elevator speech. What is the best advice we can give them before they walk on the floor?
1: Be prepared. Mm. Be real. Be professional. You have worked hard to be at this moment, yeah. breathe, relax, and be who you are.
0: I love that. And, and I feel like that's what I'd say, too. Uh, with that being said, like definitely try to get their attention, be unique, be interesting, be memorable. Act like it's you know a movie trailer, just about yourself. Um, get in that mode, and even if it's for a short time, I promise it'll be worth it. I can think of uh, one good story about an elevator speech that I have of one of my students, uh, and he was a pretty uh, accomplished student. He was just. You know, uncomfortable with the elevator speech piece, and that's fine. We worked on it. And so Expo came, and his number one employer was Rolls Royce. And if anyone knows anything about Rolls Royce, they're pretty popular, they're pretty competitive. Um, but when they go to Expos, they're pretty strict about their elevator speech rule of basically when you get up to the re- recruiter, you have a minute or less to deliver that elevator speech. And I was posted up at a station that I could have a clear view of Rolls Royce, and they were very true about that that I mean I saw them processing through and that's how they have to do it because uh because the sake of time and the popularity so I understand but my student went up I gave him a quick thumbs up and as he was delivering his speech it was like he had been doing it his whole life he was comfortable he was confident it's not like he was cocky though it was he was very matter of fact I couldn't hear everything but let me just tell you the recruiter loved him so much that it went easily five minutes The recruiter was laughing and smiling, shaking his hand over and over, and even gave my student an invitation to... uh an informal mixer, if you will, that they were having, uh, after hours with the rest of the Rolls Royce team. So I just wanted to share that because with everything we've said, good, bad, and ugly, it's very attainable. Um, for some of the students that I work with, if they can do it, anyone can do it and they would share the same thing. It's elevator speeches are a great tool and we hope that people start getting comfortable with it and just know that you're not alone in building them, that you have Dr. Blomstrom and I in the career Mm -hmm. services office, let alone many of our colleagues. So feel free to reach out. Any last words, Dr. Blomstrom?
1: Thank you. I wish people well. They work so hard to be here, and we have outstanding students. So I want them to succeed every step of the way.
0: I agree. So uh, as we wrap up, did we miss anything or did you have a follow-up question? Follow us on Twitter and let us know by mentioning Going Places. For more info, our website is careerservices.erau.edu. If you're a student or alum, check out Handshake for all of the career development resources you may need. Special thanks to the Wicked Studio team and our guest, Dr. Sally Blomstrom. Please join us for the rest of our summer series of Fireside Chats, where we explore interviewing in the modern job market and bridging career development and mental health. I'm your host, Ryan Mazan. Catch you next time on Going Places with Career Services.